Hello, and welcome to episode two of Call Time. Today, we're going to be talking about auditions. Now, auditions can be the bane of everyone's existence if not approached in the proper way. But if you take the time, there's a lot you can learn at auditions, and there are a lot of things you can use to your advantage to get that role that you so desperately desire. Now, number one rule when it comes to auditions, at least for me, go to every audition that you think you have even the slightest shot at getting. The reason being, you can never not have enough auditions. Uh, you, you always get better as time goes on. Uh, you always have... Uh, you know, more experiences, you get to see what other people are doing, you get to see what other people are trying, and you get to see a lot of uh, acting styles. I mean, of course, this is all dependent on the type of audition that you're going to. Sometimes they're group, sometimes they're individual, but you can also understand how various different directors work. Like, let's say, for example, later down the season, you have a show that you really, really want to do, but you have no clue how the director works. But then you look and say, hey, this guy is auditioning for another show uh, in a month. I should prepare for that, audition for them then. Maybe I'll get the role, maybe I'll not. But also I'll get a chance to see what the director wants. And by doing that and not just seeing the end result, the end of the show, um, you get to have a little bit more insight to when you audition later on down the line. Now, when it comes to auditions themselves, you can have one of two. One, you'll have uh, monologues that you prepare at home and then you present them to the director. And then you have the kind where the director simply provides sides, which are usually monologues by the specific character that you are auditioning for. So to prepare for either one of those, you want to at least familiarize yourself with the play. You don't necessarily have to read it, although that's never a bad idea. So find the script, um, see if you can borrow it from the theater library, if it's one of those, or see if a friend has one, or perhaps get it online for relatively cheaply. Uh, secondly, find a monologue, if it is the first type of audition. Find a monologue that you think either does one of two things. One, expresses your talent in the world that is whatever the play is. Or two, ingratiates yourself to the specific character. So, for example... If we are uh, auditioning for a comedic role, I'm not going to throw out a bunch of dramas. Uh, if we are, a, and vice versa, if it's a dramatic role, I'm not going to, you know, be bottom from A Midsummer Night's Dream. So with that in mind, you, you have to create for yourself a library of monologues that, number one, you're comfortable with, number two, that you can kind of pull out of your back pocket at a moment's notice, and number three, that show a great range of your own personal talents. So for myself, uh, I have about nine different monologues that I can switch between that I'm constantly updating for whatever roles I'm looking at. So I have three classics, 
uh, one comedy and two dramas, uh, one from Coriolanus, another from the basket comedy, etc. Uh, and then I have six more contemporary pieces that are three comedy and three dramatic. Uh, obviously, when it comes to auditions, don't put yourself in a situation where you have absolutely no chance of getting the role. Like, for example, I would not audition for a 60-year-old male part. That wouldn't make sense. Um, all the makeup in the world would not be able to prepare me for that role. But also at the same time, if you are, uh, you know, 60, I mean, if, if, if you can pull off a 30-year-old, then, then by God, you should definitely market that uh, as something you can do. But generally, you want to stay within your age range. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be auditioning for Fences. Um, I'm not going to be auditioning for The Revolutionists. Um, I don't think I would want to uh, audition for, say, uh, Driving Miss Daisy, for example. Um, so y- you do have to you do have to remember that going into auditions, you can't really just stand up to a director and say, "Hey." I'm 25, and this role that I'm auditioning for is for a 55-year-old. They're going to laugh you right out of the room. But that is not to say that you go into a room and say, hey, I'm 25, the role you have is 35, and here's why I can play a 35-year-old. Because if you can impress a director doing that, you're going to have a better chance further on down the line of getting tapped on the shoulder for other roles because it shows that you have range. Now... Coming into the audition, one of the biggest fears of people when it comes to just the straight monologue is forgetting your line. I can't tell you the number of times I've forgotten my lines in a uh, monologue. And don't worry about it, honestly. Uh, The worst, I I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine in in the last show. And it it was a brand new show that they were in. Uh, it was the first time they had ever been on stage, yada, yada. And they kept on saying, I am so worried I'm going to forget a line on stage. I'm so worried I'm going to forget a line on stage. And I said, no, don't worry about that. Because, number one, the other actors will cover for you, but obviously that's not going to be happening in an audition. But number two, it breaks up the flow. If you if you are going through a line and and, and you say, oh, gosh, I, I messed up. Hold on, let me, let me start again. No, you don't want to do that. You want to realize you made the mistake compose yourself and in a character-esque way continue because for all the monologues that are out there a director isn't going to know every single one of them and if it's a complicated monologue you can still cover it and you can still say you can still bumble through a line and still make it character-esque so don't focus so much on the words as they are written for especially when it comes to an audition when it comes to rehearsals and all that kind of stuff obviously that's up to the director some directors a little more lax some directors a little more strict but that's a topic for another day um so don't worry too much about the words worry more about the characterization worry more about the space that you are living in and worry more about Um, the reasons why you as an actor are perfect for this role and trying to explain that through your monologue. Now, sometimes what directors will do is do a combination of the two where you do a monologue and then you do sides. Uh, When it comes to those sides, they'll give it to you after your monologue um, and usually they either have an idea 
especially if they know you, uh, they will have an idea of who they want you to be. Um, otherwise, they kind of just make it up on the spot or they will give you whatever sides uh, that you specifically said, oh, I want to be Jack, uh, James, and John or whatever. Um, so they'll give you these sides and you start looking over them. And, you know, these are not something you have to have memorized. Um, but it, again, is is a cold read to understand where you as an actor can portray this person. It is you as an actor can inhabit this person. And then once the time comes for these cold reads, uh, the director is probably going to give you some uh, little guidelines that say, hey, uh, so this character is blah, 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 blah. Can you do this in a fashion of blah, 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 blah? And of course, that's another thing that they're testing you on. They're testing you on personality and kind of workability. Um, a lot of directors will tell you that it is far easier to work with a cast of people who follow direction well, can take direction well, but are not necessarily the creme de la creme when it comes to acting ability. Because as rehearsals go on, you can kind of build that character ability. But if a person is a pain in the butt to work with, the director's not going to want them regardless of how talented they are. And unfortunately, sometimes they will have to take that pain in the butt because unfortunately that's all they'll get, which sucks for the director and it sucks for the cast because it causes problems. So that's another thing you have to watch out for when it comes to auditions. They're not just looking at your personal talent. They are also working at your team playerness, if you want to think about it that way. They're looking at your directability as well. Um, also, be prepared for surprises. Uh, this is also going to be the time when the director is going to tell you, if you accept this role, do know that it's going to contain nudity. It's going to contain uh, kissing. It's going to contain intimate moments, so on and so forth. Um, you know, there's, there's a story where... It was between me and one other person uh, during callbacks, which is a very, very important um, part of auditions, which I'll get to in a moment, but this can easily apply to auditions as well, where um, in the uh, side that I had to do uh, for the cold read, um, you know, we had to, we had to do the, the, at least in the script, uh, we had to do the scene shirtless. And so I just, just blatantly asked the director, uh, would you like us to do this shirtless? And I think I took the director aback a little bit, um, but he said, you don't have to, but if you want to and you think it'll help, then absolutely sure. And I did it immediately. Unfortunately, I think I might have one up the other guy because he got so nervous when I did that. And, you know, that, that ties into it. Be prepared to be surprised and try to take it in stride because this is also... This is also kind of a way of showing how far you can go. A director will always tell you, go to 200% because if we need you to, we can dial you back to 100 or 150 or whatever. Because going from 80 to 100 is 10 times harder than going from 200 to 100. So callbacks. You went to the audition, you got called back for the specific role that you have, and you've been given sides, or you know, you just basically like show up, we'll give you the sides on the spot. This is now going to be uh, a situation where you're going to be working with another person. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of scene work. 
the director is actually going to be there to direct you uh, instead of, hey, just read this page. So this is, this is working on inter-actor chemistry, if you will. This chemistry is really important for understanding how you and the other actors will act with each other and react to one another. Uh, this is also where uh, understanding, at least from the director's perspective, how certain characters are going to work amongst the cast because you may be called back for uh, multiple roles. And seeing you in these multiple roles, they may say, oh, you have um, A and B of character Y, but you need that C in order to fully encapsulate him, but that but character, you know, Z, for example, you have everything and we're going to put you in that one. Um, so when it comes to callbacks, again, same kind of thing. Don't worry so much about the words. Worry about reacting uh, to your scene partner, especially if there are multiple. Um, you know, when when you're going over the lines beforehand, because they will give you some time to, to go over these uh, scenes, it is very important to as best you can because they won't give you the entire script. Especially, but if you're familiar with the script, it's a lot easier. But if you can, try to understand the context of whatever this scene is. You know, understand a little bit of where your character headspace is. It's kind of like, think of it as a rehearsal, uh, you know, six weeks of rehearsal in about five minutes. Um, it's probably the best way I can think about it. So, you're, you're in the scene. You're doing your thing, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, you're you're probably going to be working against multiple different partners and they're all going to be doing very different things. So again, react to those. Try not to be one note. Don't react in the same way because it looks awkward if somebody goes from, you know, uh, decision eight and then another person does decision two. Don't always do decision six because that's what you're comfortable with. Go those weird ways there's nothing wrong with it. A director is not going to say you made the wrong choice. Unless, of course, you know, you're like laughing at a funeral. In which case, if it's not in the script, well, then you're making a very bold decision and I wish you the best of luck. Uh, but, you know, you just don't need to go thinking about it too much. And I think that's a lot of people's pitfall when it comes to auditions, thinking about it too much. So you made it through the audition, you made it through callbacks, and now you're waiting for the final decision. Rule number one, prepare for rejection. You're going to get rejected a lot. Um, there were a lot of auditions and callbacks that I went to where I thought I had it in the bag, and I didn't, quite honestly. Either that or it was a supremely close call and it was not an envious choice between the director because he's like, I have these two amazing actors. I have no clue what to do. Uh, I was in a situation where three people were called back for this one role that I eventually would play opposite of. And I'm glad that they went with who they did. But this one role was being... Uh, cast between three just absolutely crazy, phenomenal actors. And I did not envy the director in his decision. I'm sure that was probably the last role that he cast because he's just like, I need to figure out the rest of the cast before I can make the decision. Because again, a lot of it is cast chemistry. So again, number one rule, prepare for rejection. 
Um, sometimes, you know, you may be auditioning for a role that you really, really want, but you're not going to get it. That's going to happen. We're all going to be facing rejection at some point or another. And some of us, unfortunately, are going to meet it more than others, especially if you audition a lot. Um, understand that rejection is not, you're not good enough. Rejection is more a case of you don't fit the role. Because chances are, if you've gotten a callback, you're good enough. They know that. If you are going out to audition and you're going to multiple auditions, you are good enough. It's just that you personally, your personality or your chemistry with the cast just simply doesn't work. And that's okay. You're going to find those roles where it's a fantastic role, but the cast and the director's vision for it just don't fit. And that's okay. So that's, that's my little diatribe on auditions. Number one, don't go crazy on the words. Number two, worry more about characterization and being in the world of your monologue. Three, when it comes to cold reads for the sides, again, don't worry so much about the words. Be reactive and active in your prospective roles. When you're at callbacks, act with your scene partner. Don't act against them. If they make different decisions that you are used to, go with the flow. Be prepared for surprises. Always expect the unexpected. And lastly, don't be afraid of rejection. Rejection can kill people in their theater career. It just stops them from going to auditions again. And it really, it, it makes a general theater community suffer because you no longer have this really great talent coming out to perform because they got rejected from a role they really wanted. And again, it's not the actor's fault. It's just, you know, kind of putting a, a square into a round hole. It's just, they're just not a good fit. Um, so be prepared for rejection. There are other auditions you can go to. There are other wonderful roles that are perfect for you. Look for them. Study them. You're going to find them. Anyways, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Join me next time when I talk about rehearsals. <laughs>